Hi, this is Nate Dancer, the Director of Ministry Outreach here at Pure Life Ministries. We are so glad that you're listening to Purity for Life, and we trust that it's a source of solid biblical help for you as you fight for purity of heart and life in this sex-saturated world. Okay, quick announcement. Over the past few months, Jim Lewis served as the interim host of Purity for Life, and after five years with us, he has returned to the pastorate. He leaves with our blessing and our prayers. However, in our busyness here, we actually forgot to have him say goodbye to you. So please forgive us for that oversight. We are currently praying about a new host for Purity for Life, and we trust that the Lord will provide a solution for us soon. In the meantime, I'll be filling in as the voice of Purity for Life as we continue to provide you with the biblical truth that is so needed in this day and age. Please join with us in prayer as we continue our search, and we'll keep you posted. Now, here is Purity for Life. The Word of God is the seed out of which the divine nature springs up in the human soul. The Word of God really is the only source of truth that has absolute credibility. We can trust what it shows us because it perfectly represents the character of God and a victorious Christian life cannot be lived without a continuous supply of what the Bible alone can provide. When a man determines to be free from pornography, one of the things he is immediately confronted with is how much his mind has been polluted by porn's filthiness. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is living and active and full of power. We here at Pure Life Ministries place a huge emphasis on having a daily vibrant relationship with the Bible because we have experienced its effect in our own lives and have watched it work wonders in the lives of the men we counsel. Today we are looking at how scripture will restructure a pornographic mindset. You're listening to Purity for Life. One of the terrible realities about sin is that the more we indulge in it, the more we are changed by it. Our perspectives, our perceptions are being shaped, they're being fashioned, they're being formed. And the worst part is that this often happens without us knowing it. But there is a solution, an antidote, if you will, to this terrible process. In our recent YouTube series, 20 Truths That Helped Me in My Battle with Porn Addiction, Pastor Steve Gallagher looked at a passage from Psalm 19 and testified about how spending time in God's Word changed him because it taught him to know God. And as it did this, it restored his soul and cleansed his mind of the influence that his promiscuous lifestyle had had on him. Here's Pastor Steve now from the 20 Truths series. Truth number 14, Scripture will restructure a pornographic mindset. It calls itself the Word of Truth, the Word of Life, 
the word of the kingdom and the sword of the spirit. C.H. Spurgeon said, the Bible is the treasury of heavenly knowledge, the cyclopedia of divine science. And A.W. Tozer said, the Bible was written in tears and to tears it will yield its best treasures. God has nothing to say to the frivolous man. And R.A. Torrey said, the word of God is the seed out of which the divine nature springs up in the human soul. The word of God really is the only source of truth that has absolute credibility. We can trust what it shows us because it perfectly represents the character of God and his perspectives on life. And a victorious Christian life cannot be lived without a continuous supply of what the Bible alone can provide. For instance, we're spiritually cold, so we're told that the word is like fire. We're hard-hearted, so we're told that the word is like a hammer. We're needy like newborn babies, so we're told that the word is like a mother's milk. I cannot stress enough how great our need is for a regular infusion of it into our lives. But our focus on these 20 talks is how I overcame my addiction to pornography and sexual sin. And I can tell you that I would have never gotten free without the Word of God being a big part of my daily life. As I've touched on before, the Bible has a lot to say about its value to people. But for this segment, I want to zero in on one obscure verse found in Psalm 19. In verse 7, David said, The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Let's start by just looking at the first phrase in that verse. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The word the NAS translates as restoring is the Hebrew word shub. As I said in a past talk, this Hebrew word for repentance literally means to turn, and it's usually used in the sense of turning away from sin or returning to the Lord. So the word restore really is a good translation. David was saying that the law of the Lord, which for believers during his time simply meant the word of God, has the inherent power to rebuild a soul that has been marred, ruined, and devastated by sin. When I think of the word restoration, I can't help but think of fixer-uppers. I've had a hand in fixing up a number of worn-out houses in my day. When I've done that, I would tear out old cabinets, toilets, vanities, appliances, flooring, siding, sometimes even doors and windows. Then I'd start replacing those items one by one. You could look at that house when I was done and still be able to recognize the character of it, and yet at the same time it would look brand new. That's such a picture of how the Holy Spirit works in a person's soul. We really are pretty oblivious to the damage that sin has done to our hearts, minds, emotions, and even our wills. It pollutes, stains, and ruins everything it touches. So the Holy Spirit comes in with the Word of God and applies its magical healing powers to areas that have been broken down and ruined. And then things just start changing. You still recognize the person, and yet, at the same time, he looks brand new. 
The writer of Hebrews was presenting the same idea when he said, the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God uses it to expose sinful attitudes, to penetrate hardened hearts, and to cut out falsehood. No wonder David said that it is the absolutely perfect tool in the hands of the Lord to restore a damaged soul. All right, let's look at the second phrase in Psalm 19:7. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The two important terms here are testimony and simple. The testimony of the Lord does an important and vital work inside those the Bible calls simple. The Hebrew word David used here is pathi. The root word it's derived from means wide open. Let me explain the word this way. Back in the early 80s, I was a married man, but in my heart, I was wide open to whatever possibilities might come about with other women. And my wife could sense that openness, and it was a source of tremendous pain to her. There was something in the way I looked at other women or something in my countenance when I was around them that communicated the sense of being open to having an affair. The NAS translation of this word as being simple isn't wrong, it just doesn't convey the whole meaning of the word. You could just say that this man is considered spiritually simple because he's so open to the persuasions of sin. What hope does someone like that have? Well, according to David, the testimonies of the Lord play an important role in changing the way a struggling man thinks. Well, what is a testimony? When someone shares his testimony, we understand that he's telling the story of his life. As you listen to his story, you get to know his character. And that's what happens when you spend time in Scripture. You get to know who God is. Every part of the Bible expresses the character of the Lord in one form or another. But there are also occasions when even the Lord talks about himself. For instance, in Exodus 34, when God passed by Moses as he was hidden in the cleft of the rock, the Lord said, Jehovah, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin, Yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished, visiting the iniquity on fathers, on the children, and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. That's a perfect example of the Lord sharing his testimony. He's offering a very clear statement about the kind of person he is and what people can expect from him. So let's get back to Psalm 19. David is saying that when a person who's been open to the enticements of sin spends time sincerely considering the Lord's testimonies about himself, he's gonna be deeply impacted. It really is all about coming to know God in a very real and personal way. And the love for God that comes forth from that intimate knowledge is what destroys the love of sin. Listen, I don't claim to understand all that's involved with how the word of God sets a person free from sexual addiction. All I know is that it played a huge role in my deliverance from sin and the transformation of my life. 
I hope and pray that this little talk will inspire a new hunger for the Word of God in your heart. If you're listening and asking yourself, is it really possible? Can my mind ever be really cleansed from this horrible stain of pornography? Then you've come to the right place. Recently, Pastor Ed Book addressed the men in our residential program during one of our chapel services. He took them on a quick tour of Psalm 119, which is almost like a love letter from David to God about the beauty, the power, and the authority of God's Word. And while he was sharing these things, he talked about his own life and how memorizing Scripture had a transformative and purifying effect in his mind. Turn with me, if you will, to Psalm 119. I want to read some verses to us that really, uh, you know, just say different things about the Word of God. And uh, I'm just going to take them chronologically as they appear here in Psalm 119. There's maybe six or eight verses that I want to just take a brief look at. Uh, Try not to turn it into a sermon for sure. But when you take things chronologically in Scripture, just the way it's presented, you have to really just realize sometimes it's not logical, it's just chronological, right? (laughs) So I'm not trying to, you know, build you up to a certain point and and then, you know, drive that home. I'm just going to share some thoughts out of the Scripture on on the Word of God as it comes to us. So uh, Psalm 119, uh, let's just take a look at verses 9 through 11 here briefly. How can a young man cleanse his way? Does that, like, isn't that why we're here, right? <laughs> this, was, this is speaking right to us, most of us anyway, for sure, where we're at, what led us here, because I have an unclean way, a path, a walk that is unclean. And right here, the psalmist says, how can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. And man, you know, that would be enough. Honestly, if you really got that message embedded in just those three verses, that would be enough to deal with the sexual immorality in your life. Because... That's what scripture said. It's the way to keep your walk clean. (laughs) But it starts with things like keep my whole heart seeking him. You know, not half-hearted, not just checking off my to-do list with the walk of repentance and my morning devotions and other homework things that my counselor gave me, but really putting my heart into those things, you know? And hiding his word in our heart, that was the difference maker in purifying the thoughts that were in my mind. I will tell you that unequivocally, all right? When the Lord got a hold of me at a certain point and said, the reason you're still struggling is because you need to commit yourself to memorizing my scripture, my word, and put it in there so you have something else in there that's pure and clean besides all that stuff you've infested yourself with over the years. And that's what I did. I started memorizing his word. I am not good at it. And I don't know how much of it I can still choke out without an anointing today. (laughs) But I know that it's in there. (laughs) And I know that for hours, I would devote myself to 
reading, rereading, memorizing, committing it to memory, and then rehearsing it daily for well over two or three years. I rehearsed 45 minutes of memorized scripture daily. And I don't say that to boast. I say that to tell you that's what it took to cleanse my mind to, so I could think pure thoughts without all these trashy ones overrunning them all the time. Praise God that his word can do that for us. You know? But you've got to seek him with your whole heart, man. You've got to go after that. You've got to take these admonitions and run with them. Do something different. Verse 67, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. You know, this was like relief to my soul, in a sense. My life was full of affliction, meaningless affliction, until I got immersed in God's word and realized the meaning behind it all. It was him very gently leading me to himself by letting me experience just enough of the misery of my sinful choices to push me toward him. You know, we live in a fallen and corrupt world and we'll get sucked right into its fallenness and corruption if we don't experience some of that affliction that pushes us the other way. That's what it's meant to do. Don't get angry. Don't blame God. He is never dealing with you as your sins deserve. He is very gently trying to give you just enough so that you recognize, I don't want that. I need this. And he helps us. It's a mercy. Verse 71 says, it, it is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. If you never had any of that affliction, you probably wouldn't be here this morning. You'd still be going after sinful pleasure wholeheartedly with no end in sight. But God arrested you. God wanted you. Praise the Lord. Verse 89. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Wow. What a statement. I mean, what a rock to build on, right? Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. It's settled. We live in unsettling times. Have you noticed that? Isn't it wonderful that you have something you can go to that is going to settle you in the midst of all of this unsettledness? There is a rock that you can stand on. There is something that settles us. And his word brings that settledness and deposits it right into your life if you let it. That's what it'll do for us. Verse 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Wow, I need that light so much. Ever feel like you're just in darkness? <laughs> Some days, you know, it's still, you can wake up and even in this place, <laughs> and feel like there's just a darkness. But his word dispels that darkness. They cannot coexist. Light comes in, darkness leaves. It's, it's always gonna happen that way. You do not need to spend one minute in darkness. You have the light of God's word available. And if you're lost, if you're wandering in circles, it's the lamp to your feet. It gives you the light for the next step that you need to take always. It's a wonderful thing. Treasure, really. <clears throat> Verse 140. 
Your word is very pure, therefore your servant loves it. Your word is very pure. Wow, you know, again, I hearken back to, I'm the one who was impure, right? I came here impure. I had impurity running rampant inside me, but God's word came in and put a purity that isn't of me inside. His word can do that. It's the pure thing that will offset all of your impurity inside you. If you'll bring it in. 147 says, I rise before the dawning of the morning and cry for help. I hope in your word. I mean, to me, that's just the clear call from God's heart for you to join him over his word every morning when you get up. I rise before the dawning of the morning and cry for help. You can't make it on your own. You will fall in your own strength every day. But you can cry for help at the rising of the dawn every morning. When you open your eyes, put your feet on the floor, God, help me. God, help me. Uphold me. Sustain me. Bring your word into my soul. Let your spirit quicken what you've already put in me and let it arise in me. Govern me according to your word. That's what the Lord will do for us. I hope in your word. You know, that hope never disappoints. Never. His word is true. It's settled in heaven forever. It doesn't fail. Look at uh, verse 160. The entirety of your word is truth and every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. The entirety of your word is truth. It's amazing how recklessly I picked and chose what to believe at a certain time in my life. I'm ashamed to say those things, but it was true. I just heard Ken Ham speak over the weekend, and the, the main point of his 40, 45 minute message was, if people would just get Genesis 1 through 11 down as truth, as foundational truth in their life, all of these perplexing, confusing, chaotic things that, that are drawing people out of the church today wouldn't even be an issue. He's like reading through and he comes to the, the verse, you know, uh, and God made them male and female. He made them, you know, he says that. And he goes, well, there's that, you know, <laughs> settles it. <laughs> and yet society is grappling with that ad nauseum. The most simple thing, male and female, he made them. There are not 200 genders. There are two. God's word is true. It's true and it explains things that man's wisdom doesn't know what to do the entirety of it is true it endures forever according to that verse you know we are so accustomed to deception that's why I praise God there was a place like Pure Life Ministries a man like Steve Gallagher and others on staff in those days who would confront hypocrisy and deception in my life unequivocally and had the authority to do it I needed that. I was so deceived, I believed my own lies. I believed what I thought was true. God had to get rid of all of that. So let me just close with verse 165. Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. Hallelujah. 
Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that it's true. Thank you that it's settled forever in heaven. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. I don't know how you got it to us, Lord, into our hands, let alone into our hearts, but thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for making a way. Thank you, God, for loving us enough to give us truth, even when it hurts, Lord. It's good for us to have been afflicted though, Lord, because now we know you and we know your ways and we're committed to that, Lord. And I thank you for your word of truth, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. In the first segment, Pastor Steve said that a victorious Christian life cannot be lived without a continuous supply of what the Bible alone can provide. And none of us would ever dream of only eating once a week or once a month, or once every six months. But if this is true, why do so many Christians imagine that they can stay strong without eating from God's word every day? In this segment from our archives, Mike Johnston and Jeff Cologne discuss why a vibrant walk with God requires daily time in the word, as well as a practical exhortation to spend that time with him in the morning, when it would be much easier just to stay in bed. Jeff, we want to continue on in our series talking about redeeming the time. And in today's program, we want to talk about redeeming our time in the sense of spending time in God's Word. Why do you think that is so important, especially in the day and age that we live in? Well, Mike, I think we don't realize just the atmosphere of this world and how intoxicating it can be to our spiritual lives. And we Mm -hmm. don't realize how much this society we're living in today can deaden our spiritual lives and our need for spiritual sustenance in our lives. Mm. Well, talk a little bit about that, the need for spiritual sustenance. You know, I know that so many people in the church, and certainly uh, it was an aspect of my life before coming to Pure Life Ministries, that, you know, I just maybe go to church on Sunday or maybe on Wednesday, and then the rest of the time I just kind of live my life. Why is it so critical? Why do we need spiritual sustenance? Well, Mike, I believe, like it says in that scripture in Ephesians 5, that we need to have a walk that is circumspect. In other words, we need to be aware, we need to be alert. Jesus many times exhorts us to be sober, and that verse basically tells us one way to do that is to redeem our time because the days are evil. Mm. And it's just imperative, Mike, that we, we need to realize that our time is valuable. We can't just squander it away because once it's gone, we can't gain it. And I believe one key feature in redeeming our time is really getting into the Word of God. Mm. You mentioned that the days are evil, and certainly it is true that everywhere we look, and of course we're dealing with men coming out of sexual sin here in our living program, that we are just bombarded with the message of the enemy who is out to destroy our souls, and even if we're a believer, to destroy the testimony we have uh, for God and the intimacy that God wants to have with us. That really is so true, Mike. And as Christians, we're called to have the mind of Christ, or if I can say it this way, think biblically. And we don't realize how much the message of this world in, in so many different forms and ways that it comes to us through media, TV, magazines and just being out in this world, how it really does affect our thinking and our perspectives on life and how much we need the Word of God. We've counseled so many people that have come to our programs, and what you come to see is that many Christians, many people that would call themselves a believer, 
really don't look at life through the lens of Scripture. They, a lot of times they're seeing it, how the world perceives things, and that's why their lives are not where they need to be in the Lord. And we need God's perspectives. We need the Word as a lamp, a light unto our path as we go through our lives in this world. Yeah. You know, even the men who go through our live-in program, you know, those who maybe struggle after they leave the program, almost inevitably, if you ask them what has changed after they left the program, they will tell you, well, I got busy and I stopped spending time in the Word of God. I stopped uh, my prayer time. And that's where you really see, uh, even in a man where something tremendous happened in his heart while he was here, without that, we are just left to the whims of, of whatever is blowing around us. It's so true, Mike. And I many times use David as an example. Here's a man that walked with God, but yet we know what happened. But at one time in David's life, before he fell with Bathsheba, mm. he understood the need for God. In Psalm 63, verse 1, he says, God, you're my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. And, and that verse, to me, really depicts a Christian's journey through life. Mm-hmm. When we're here on earth, we're kind of just like sojourners passing through, but it's like a, a barren wasteland. There's nothing in this world that's going to feed our souls spiritually. Yeah, And we really need to learn that only God can give us what we need, and there's nothing in this world that's going to create a vibrant walk with God. So we need to understand our need to be seeking God early and getting in his word and finding our nourishment from him. All right. Now, you just laid out one of the first stumbling blocks for guys. Seek the Lord early. <laughs> you know, the truth is, Jeff, that, and we all have these days. I have days when I get up and I just want to roll over and go back to bed <laughs> yeah. and go back to sleep. You know, and we have a dear saint that comes to Pure Life Ministries, and I like the way he says it. He says, there are days when you just have to pick yourself up by the scruff of your yeah, neck and drag true. yourself into the Word of God. It's Talk true. a little bit to those who maybe don't sense this hunger that you're talking about for the Word of God. What do you do when you don't have that hunger? Well, first of all, I would encourage them to let God make them hungry. Yeah. Yes, that's what I said. Allow God to make you hungry. In other words, it means I have a decision to make. God will establish a hunger in our lives, but what I have found for myself is that if I'm not reading the Word, I'm not going to be hungry for it. Mm -hmm. But when I get in the Word, just like when I went in the program myself and was required to read the Bible, what I found that after doing that for a while, it started creating a hunger in my life. Yes, And I would encourage anyone out there that if you don't have that hunger, get in the Bible, get over Psalm 119. I've, I've used that Psalm many times when I have felt that hunger waning in my life. And there are wonderful prayers in there that we can pray to the Lord, even though maybe they're not a reality in our own lives, we could pray through that Psalm. It takes mm-hmm. about 20 minutes to pray through that psalm, and you could do that every day, and I guarantee you, you do that, God will begin to create a hunger in your heart for his word. Yeah, that is so true. That is my testimony, I know, and sometimes when we think about the Lord meeting our needs, we think of things of, well, I have a need for a job, or I have a need for healing, or whatever it may be, but what I have learned in in recent years is that even the things that God is calling us to do if we don't have it in us, and in fact, in our flesh, we don't have it in us, if we will ask him to give us that desire, he is faithful to do that. Absolutely. He says if we ask anything 
according to his will, it's done. And I believe it's God's will that we read his word. And actually, Paul admonishes us to allow the word of Christ to dwell richly in us in all wisdom. So if God is telling us to do that and we're asking him to give us a hunger for that, well, he's going to do it. Yes, yes. That's his heart. He wants to meet our needs. Let's just finish up on this. Um, You just mentioned that verse, Colossians 3.16, to allow the word of Christ to dwell in us richly. What I hear from that scripture is that, yes, we need to be in the word of God. We need to be reading the word of God and allowing the word of God to get into us. But the other half of that is we need to be living out and walking out what God is showing us in his word. Absolutely. Um, When that says in all wisdom, to me, again, wisdom depicts a perspective in life. In other words, it means I govern and I live my life according to the perspectives of God's Word. Yeah. Amen. Well, Jeff, we appreciate your time, and thanks so much for talking to us again about redeeming the time. Thanks, Mike. Isaiah 55 says, "'So will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty.'" without accomplishing what I desire, and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. That is a great hope and encouragement to us that the Bible is not a collection of myths in our post-truth era. God's Word is alive and powerful, and it is able to accomplish what He sent it to do. And if you are not in the habit of spending quality time in the Word of God every day, we would urge you, start today. And if you need some additional encouragement or some practical steps, please check out episodes 346 and 323 for some additional food for thought. We also have a whole series of Bible studies called The Walk Series to help you start having a structured daily time in God's Word. And those are available at store.purelifeministries.org. I hope this serves as an encouragement to you in your walk with God and creates a hunger for more of his word in your life. That's it for today's show. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.